Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm very glad you're with us today. My friends, if there are people listening who have been on this Seek Reality voyage with me since it began, let's just take a minute now and note that we've been doing this for eight and a half years. That fact is all by itself amazing. I consider everyone who's listening at this moment to be a personal friend for the fact that you're giving me some of your time. My goodness, my part is the easy part. I have the perfect joy of sitting here with my dear patient friend, Sam, who's been my engineer for lo these many years, and he puts up with so much from me. We we have a lot of fun, Sam and I, but he's really nice. He's amazingly patient, and I truly could not do this without him. However, you come and you listen. You make this all worthwhile for us. My dear friends, this week our guest is going to be your host, and we do have a topic for today, but also over the next few months, as 2022 begins, you're going to, we're going to start to talk about a deeper experiment in how we can begin to build a better, a healthier, and a more loving world together. No one person can do it all. We know that, but each of us can find something we can do. Each of us has a tool in our hands, in our heart, and each of us has a place where we can stand. Actually, I have a confession to make. I don't like the sound of my own voice, so I'm always surprised to hear from people who say they like listening to Seek Reality. They say they find my voice comforting, reassuring. From inside my head, it doesn't sound that way. I don't like the sound of my own voice. And in more than eight years of doing these weekly podcasts, I have never actually listened to them until a month ago. I rented a car for a whole week of driving. And for the first time, I was stuck with a car that didn't have a CD player. I guess they're making cars that way now. So for the first time, I listened to some of my Seek Reality podcasts from 2015 and from 2016, and I found out how truly wonderful some of our crowd favorite guests really are. I see why they're our crowd favorite guests, Craig Hogan especially, and Peter Wright. Wow, they were magnificent. And some of the guests that we hadn't heard from for five or six years, I thought they were beautiful. Then when I got back to Austin, I right away had an email from a listener I hear from on occasion, and he had just had a past life regression from Peter Wright that had worked out wonderfully for him. So I right away, I sent Peter an email, and he'll be back with us next week. Please be sure to join us then and spend time with a truly wonderful man who is indisputably, indisputably the genuine article. His Seek Reality podcast from 2016 was so great that I then looked up and listened to an attempt that I did with him years ago to do a regression session that Thomas altogether foiled. My dear, beautiful primary spirit guide won't let me know about any of my 17 other lives with him until after I've gone home. But I learned some other amazing things in that failed regression attempt that I had altogether forgotten about. Wow, just 
just wow. Peter Wright is a certifiable genius. I can't wait to talk with him next week. I should add that perhaps because I've never listened to my own Seek Reality podcasts, my husband never has either, not until after I got home from my trip. I mentioned to him that I had actually finally listened to some of my podcasts, and then what do you know? I thought they were pretty good, I told him, and the next thing I knew, he was telling me that he had started to listen to my podcasts, and he thought I was pretty good. This man, who has been married to me for almost 50 years, had never listened to my podcasts either. And he was actually, get this, he was actually amazed to discover that he thought I was pretty good at doing something. A husband said something good about his wife. Go figure. Has it ever occurred to you that the name Seek Reality is kind of a stupid name for a podcast? I thought it was a stupid name the first time I heard it come out of my mouth. Someone called me. This is how it got started. In 2013, I think it was June, someone called me out of the blue and said, you know, you kind of know a lot about the afterlife. Would you like to do a podcast on my station? And I said, you know what? If you you think I can do it, I'll, I'll give it a try. And he said, okay, what should we call it? And I thought, I have no idea. Let me think about it. And I thought I should have a you know, an afterlife name. And while I was thinking, I heard the name Seek Reality come out of my mouth. And he said, uh, okay. And I I was, I thought that's weird. I wondered where it came from. The last time, the previous before that time I had had anything like that happen to me was in 1990. That's when Doubleday bought my book about Thomas Jefferson and the acquiring editor asked me for a title for the book. And I blurted, my Thomas. In both cases, my immediate thought was, what the heck? Where did that come from? I hadn't yet met my primary spirit guide. In fact, back in 1990, I hadn't, I didn't know what a spirit guide was. I didn't meet Thomas, of course, until 2015. And I didn't even know back in 1990 that I even had a spirit guide. But of course, now we know we all have a primary spirit guide. Everyone has a driver's seat, a personal, personal driver's seat, and it has someone wonderful always sitting in it. You cannot be in a body without a driver's seat. So there you are. We all know now that life is a lot more complicated. And now we know enough about all of it that it's time for all of us to begin to learn a lot more about how our lives are set up. My dear friends, as I'm speaking to you at the start of 2022, a great team in Canada has at last begun to work on building Seek Reality online. We've been talking about it for years, haven't we? Now at last, my own guide, my wonderful, beautiful Thomas, tells us that the time is right. And in April, we expect that all the world will be able to use Seek Reality Online as a source of direct information about the truth of what actually is going on. And as you are about to see, the truth is desperately needed now. And wonderfully, beyond freeing the world from the terrible fears that have begun to pollute it as a side effect from the near-death experience, that's explosion that's happening now, 
if you want to do it, if you feel ready, you can meet your own primary spirit guide, your own, your very own Thomas. And you can turn your retirement stage into a life that's full and deep and spiritual and rich with service. Why am I talking about your retirement stage? I don't even know. I, this is just coming to me now as I'm speaking, but I get emails every day from people who want to do more for the world with their retirement stage of life as I am doing with mine. And it's just occurring to me now that perhaps that's what this is supposed to, to be all about. More and more, Thomas is speaking directly through me. I think that's what's supposed to be happening in my life. I don't know what's supposed to be happening in yours, but wouldn't you love to find out? I'm not faking it. This is only coming to me as I'm talking to you. I don't know what we're supposed to call it. Maybe the gray army. I have no idea. I am 75. In truth, I feel about the same as I felt when I was maybe 50. I still practice law most of the time, maybe three quarters of the time. And I'm doing this at the same time. Betty White just passed last week, finally, and she certainly deserved to go. She was 99. When she died, she said she felt about the same as she had felt years before. You know, think about this. What if there were a million of us out there fighting for common sense? We could probably rule the world, couldn't we? But that's a topic for another day. For now, there really is something I do want to talk about. And I think it's very important. I have a little crusade I would like to share. Okay. Here's an email I received just before Christmas. She said, hi, Roberta. Happy holidays. How are you? I just wanted to ask a question. And by the way, I get a lot of these emails from people that I think of as friends, although I would never know them, you know, if I met them on the street, um, mainly because they come from all over the world. And uh, this came just from out of the blue. It was actually one of three emails that I got about NDEs, almost, I think they may have come on the same day or within a couple of days of each other. She said, I just want to ask a question. My friend flatlined for a few seconds due to COVID. The doctor brought him back a few seconds after that. He said it was a euphoric feeling, but it was just black and there was nothing. What's the reason he had no NDE? This is what's happening. Everyone assumes now that's, that NDEs are part of death when they have, of course, nothing to do with death. But she said, was it because his spirit didn't leave the body yet, since this was a matter of seconds? He doesn't really believe anything happens after you die now. I told him death is a physical process. You don't really die right away. It also takes days for cells to die. I think brain death is, you know, that's part of, this is part of the process. The brain death is initial. It's not permanent death, although one author did come back from that. She was all confused, basically. And she said, any update on your online classes? Yes, I'm giving you more of an update today. You'll hear it in a few minutes. I hope all is well. And at almost the same day that that question arrived, I also received a question from someone who was frantic. He'd been watching some NDE-related YouTubes, and in one of them, the experiencer said that Jesus told him he didn't do something right away. I forgot. He told me. I forgot what Jesus had told him. He didn't do it. He was going to go to hell. And a third question arrived, I think it was on the same day, was about an NDE in which a man had met God as his very stern judge. I have to just say, God never appears in fact, as a human being, God is just not a human being. God is actually a collective of perfected beings. Now, something else I have to say, which I have don't think I've ever talked about, but this bothered me tremendously at the time. 
Three years ago, my 80-year-old Catholic, very Catholic husband, he does not watch YouTubes. He never reads NDE literature. I've never heard him talk about NDEs except one time. He had a bit of minor surgery three years ago that made him need general anesthesia. And I was beside him holding his hand as he was waking up. And he had this horrified look on his face. He sounded stricken. And he told me as he was waking up that he no longer believes in heaven because there had been no NDE. Oh, horrors. No NDE, but only blackness. And he said now he didn't believe in heaven because he had no NDE. (laughs) This poor man had been so deeply affected by the NDE ideas that now pollute our whole culture. NDEs. Near-death experiences are a cultural phenomenon now that everybody knows about, and they're both a blessing and a bane. They're a blessing, yes, because they're so universal and so well-studied that they establish without question the fact that the human mind can exist and function at a distance from its associated brain. And people, here's another great thing, people who are blind from birth can see just fine during NDEs. It's called mind sight. And it's the same kind of sight that people can have after physical death. People do always have after physical death. NDEs are also, though, a bane because they have nothing whatsoever to do with death, nothing. And by now they pollute our entire culture with erroneous ideas about death, the way microscopic particles of plastic are polluting more and more our oceans. All the events that occur during NDEs are in the nature of nothing more than dreams. They happen in the astral plane as we are out of body traveling. But they are so emotion-filled that many NDE experiencers are absolutely convinced that they must have died down flat, dead as a doornail, and then come back to life. Think about all the particles of plastic that pollute our oceans. Just within my lifetime, plastic has become a tremendous boon to humankind, just like NDEs have become a boon to people who fear death. Think of how much disease has been prevented by the fact that we can wrap our food in plastic now. And yet now we are just coming to realize that some of that plastic has become microscopic particles that pollute our oceans more and more and more and more, little by little is infiltrating and starting to choke our entire world's water system. And my dear precious friends, this is something we started. As we continue to use plastic every day, as it continues to pollute our oceans more and more, through the next five or 50 or 100 generations, we can have no idea where this is going to end up. What have we started? And for the, and in this just the same way, for a long time, I wasn't sure what to think about NDEs. After all, they're a kind of gateway drug that opens the minds and hearts of people who are first beginning to consider the possibility that we might survive our physical deaths. And people love to hear some of those wonderful NDE stories. They speak about love and joy and happy things. Just the way plastic is such a wonderful gift to us that we can be safe from germs that that used to be something we couldn't prevent. I mean, people love it. Flying through the air, meeting Jesus. Yeah, maybe, maybe just maybe meeting God and he doesn't judge us after all. Witnessing the battle between good and evil and good wins. 
meeting dead loved ones and long dead pets, getting to hug them, being told to go back because it isn't our time, being given great life-changing secrets. There are a lot of great things that happen in NDEs. But as more and more and more people come close to dying and are revived, their near-death tales are seeping through our culture. And I'm coming to see that maybe near-death experiences might not be an unmixed blessing on the world. For example, as many as one in seven NDEs are negative. Some experiencers describe a literal hell, which, by the way, doesn't exist. But the hell that happens in an NDE is sometimes complete with fire and brimstone. People people have an NDE and they call for help. They have to be rescued and they are rescued. But that's terrifying. Some NDEers arrive in a void or in blackness. That's what my husband thought he was experiencing. Or they're confronted by non-human beings that look like demons. Even those who meet Jesus or God might be harshly judged or they're given odd commands, which they find disturbing. Some very strange characters, scenes and situations might turn up. Some They seem Earth-like, perhaps, but they're not really of Earth and with beings that are human-like, but they're not really human. Many of these weirdly negative NDEs are reminiscent of experiences that are reported by the most advanced astral travelers. Brave people like Seek Reality guest Kirk Cyrus Kirkpatrick report similar events. And indeed, of course, NDEs apparently happen in the general astral plane under the control of our primary spirit guides. So for NDE experiencers to have some of the same experiences that the most advanced astral travelers report would make sense. So it's important that we get a few things straight right now. First, Those that we used to think were dead tell us that death is always a one-way trip. No one who returns to life ever has actually been to where the newly dead are. No one. And second, NDEs happen in the general astral plane, which is our eternal home. It is many times the relative size of our entire physical universe. Some more extensive NDEs will actually include the announcement to the NDE or that He's approaching the place where the dead are. The experiencer is then told that if he continues through that boundary, his silver cord will break and he will be unable to return to the living. And third, the evidence is mounting that, in fact, the actual Godhead is a collective of perfected beings. The Godhead never appears as a physical humanoid being, even in the actual afterlife. Jesus is as of the highest Godhead. He does appear in the afterlife, but he never, ever, ever says anything scary or alarming. When he appears there, it is always as a gentle teacher. A couple of years ago, I wrote about NDEs in my blog. If you want to read what I had to say there, simply go to robertagrimes.com and put NDE into the search bar toward the upper right. In fact, if you want to research, I've been writing that blog weekly for years. If you want to find out what I had to say about anything about anything at all, actually, go there and you can search in that um, search bar for just about anything and find what I had to say about it. And so now, in part, to try to counteract the sowing of fear in Western culture that seems to be happening as a result of the erroneous belief that near-death experiences might have anything whatsoever to do with actual death, our Seek Reality Online Voyage Together is about to begin. 
And of course, whenever you do something like this, it helps a lot to have someone to brainstorm with. And my natural brainstorm partner has turned out to be my wonderful friend, Craig Hogan. Pre-COVID, he and I had been running afterlife conferences, and we had learned the hard way that no matter what we did, it was impossible to get more than a few hundred people in the same place at the same time. After a whole year of work, and it was a lot of work, but then, what, 300 people show up? And we loved them. It was wonderful fun. But we wanted to educate thousands of people, if possible, millions of people. After we've spent our whole lives learning the truth about what happens at and after death and where it happens, how it happens, all the details about why it happens, we don't want to graduate and have all that fun before we've managed to share all these truths with the whole world. Yeah, there are a lot of afterlife experts, and many are sharing little bits of these truths, and we salute them, we bless them, we're so grateful to them all. But what's now known about the afterlife and where, how, and why it happens is altogether a complete and disciplined, entirely brand new science that's as vast and complex as any other science. And still, even as late as this moment, Eager seekers can't learn very much about that science. Anywhere in the world, there's nowhere that you can learn all of this stuff. Even a quarter of the way through the 21st century. Yeah, there still are some gaps in what we know, but there aren't many anymore. While our oceans die of plastic pollution and our one great mind chokes on NDE pollution that is based on knowledge gleaned not from the actual afterlife, but rather from what we have learned by our NDEs that happen only in the astral plane, there still is no single place where eager seekers can go and learn the actual truth about the greater reality and the genuine afterlife. And there should by now be such a place. Frankly, there should be many such places. So, you know, you you look around at all the other afterlife experts and then you look in the mirror and you look at your friend Craig and the two of you sort of shrug and you get to work. The Internet makes it theoretically possible to reach the entire world. And Craig and I have come to see that I am the natural beginner teacher, and he's the natural advanced teacher of all these truths in a complete and thorough and logical manner that will make sense to anyone who wants to learn what happens at and after death, and not just what happens, also where it happens, how it happens, why it happens. And I have to tell you, it does make perfect sense it makes sense and the more we look at it the more we study it the more we talk about it the more we continue to investigate it the more deeply we see that it really does make sense so um we keep trying we for four years we've been trying to talk ourselves out of doing this but we we can't talk ourselves out of doing what we know is ours to do. Um, so we have begun to get ready to do it. Um, we've realized too that um, 
It's my role to run this school. It's not his role. It's his role to create the lessons that will make it worth anyone's while to be an artist seeker, to actually devote time to learning what we have learned. We haven't chosen these roles. Uh, The roles have chosen us. And so it is, and so it will be. And so the work on Seek Reality's website has just begun. Then in April, you will be able to take from me the basic, completely free course that can liberate you from the fear of death as 15 five-minute modules or as a single 80-minute podcast or as both. It's going to be your choice. You You can take both. We want you to know as much as you feel you want to know about what is coming next and what is, in truth, your eternal life. You never are going to die. There is, it's impossible, in fact, for you ever to die. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. You are going to be joining us. We're all going to be going home. And we're going to be having the most fun we ever have had in our whole eternal lives. Because when we go home, we're going to be go home knowing what is going to happen next. And just as all that plastic detritus has been able to pollute the oceans of the world and those NDE-based fears were able to so rapidly pollute my husband's mind, the mind of Sydney's friend, and are starting to pollute so many people's minds, we are hoping now that very soon the Internet will make it possible for the truth about everybody's eternal natures to begin to pollute all our well, all our cult, Western cultures and then all the cultures of the world. And we are confident humankind will be able to live together in a peace that never is going to end. We are beginning to come to the end of our time. Of course, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm very glad that you were able to be with us today. Never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you get what that means, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. As I said at the start of our time together, our guest next week, Peter Wright, will be with us for the 11th time. He's a hypnotherapist, one of 40 registered past life regression hypnotherapists in the United States, and one of a very few Seek Reality guests I myself have consulted this week. Our guest has been your host, and since I've been on a personal crusade this week, sharing some of my own stories, I'm going to share with you one more. I know I've told it in a blog post, but that was years ago, and it outraged one of my daughters because apparently it's a very bad thing to talk against whatever is the current fad. And childhood transgenderism is the current fad. So even though she isn't going to like this, I'm coming out to you right now. I was a transgender child and a really deeply transgender child long before anyone had ever heard the term. I know now why I was born in a female body, certain that I was supposed to be a boy. And apparently it does happen to a lot of children. All of us choose one one gender for most of many, many lifetimes. And I think primarily we do it because it makes life easier. We also choose one planet for most of our lives and one culture for on that planet for most of our lives. And for nearly all of my lifetimes, I have been a male on planet Earth. So much so that I even can vividly recall the moment when I first discovered that this body was missing something very important. 
I wasn't even a year old. They say you can't form memories so young, but I was already walking when I was nine months old. My parents were so, so proud of that. I was hearing about it when I was first able to understand words. And I was barely walking in a very tall hallway with white wallpaper and green leaves on that wallpaper. And I was exploring my body, maybe for the first time when I was walking when I, with, without a diaper on. And I realized that it was missing something very important. Oh, my God. I was devastated. This is, this is probably my first memory. I knew, I knew that I, I, it's hard for me even, I, even now, so, so long after that, it was, it's hard for me to articulate to you how important this memory is. I was missing something very important. My first thought was, devastation my second thought was oh i'm the other kind this time now think about what a strange thought that is for a baby to have i'm the other kind this time first i knew when i was a baby that there's another kind and second i knew there's a this time but nevertheless that's that was my thought i was destroyed to think that i was going to have to go through a whole lifetime as the other kind that's all the memory is. I'm the other kind this time. I got through my childhood somehow. I was an extreme tomboy. Fortunately, I had a sister about my, just two was a year and a half younger, and a, a female cousin just a month younger, and I just watched them. I tried to copy them. I had no interest in dolls, but I played with dolls with them. I played a lot outdoors. I had a pony, then I had a horse. I did a lot of riding. Um, the boys thought I was ridiculous because I wanted to play with them. I, I chased them. I beat up every boy in my third grade class. I didn't care for sports much, but I beat them up. I tried, I chased them. I played with, I climbed trees. I got through childhood somehow. I learned about lesbianism when I was in my early teens. I figured I must be a lesbian. I didn't know what was wrong with me, but I knew there was something awful wrong with me. Then, I started to go through puberty. By the time I was 14, I realized that maybe there wasn't something wrong with me I, because I was probably a lesbian. By the time I was 15, I discovered boys and I realized I wasn't a lesbian. And then by the time I was 16, I really discovered boys and I knew I was for sure not a lesbian. By the time I was 17, I was perfectly normal. I was a girl. And I have to tell you, I was entirely normal and female. That was my experience. I don't know if it's anybody else's experience, but I have a suspicion. Now that I know what happens, we live many lifetimes. Here's what I know because I know what goes on. We live many lifetimes. We choose one gender for most of our lifetimes. For me, it's male. I'm always, always, almost always male. We choose one lifetime, one gender because it's easier. And if we have a reason to choose a, a different, the other gender, we get confused during childhood. I was. Then we go through puberty. We get straightened out. I was. I think for girls, they have my experience. The experience that I had. That's all I can tell you. I can't talk about anybody else. But if you have a female child, it is possible my experience is theirs. 
That's all I have to say. But I do know that it happens to some children. And if it happens to your child, it makes sense to give them the grace of allowing them to go through puberty, because in some cases, as in mine, it's just possible that going through puberty might give them the grace of a normal life. Have I ever, since I was 17, wished I could be a man? Absolutely not. Do I remember what it was like to be a confused child? Yes. But that was then. And I look now at what they're doing to little girls, and I grieve for those little girls because any child who is not allowed to grow up is missing so much of their normal life that could have been. And I'm so sad for them. That's all I want to say. I had to say that. And maybe I should also add that now, now that I'm long past menopause, um, I think that my default gender is beginning to come back. I think I'm starting to think more like a man. Um, as I'm, you know, getting toward the latter part of my seventies. And I think probably when I'm back home, I will begin to, I'll probably be eventually become a male again. I don't know. Who knows? But it doesn't matter now, does it? There's wisdom in allowing people to be who they are, whatever that is, and in not feeling that, that we know better. We don't know better. I think that nature knows a great deal more than we do. I think that we should love and bless people as they are and not insist that we know better than nature does. Anyway, so um, again, this has been Seek Reality, perhaps a strange version of Seek Reality. But we are, we will over the next three months be uh, talking more about what Seek Reality uh, Online's website will be. We're going to be talking about it. We've done some planning, but to a certain extent, Craig and I both feel that it's your website even more than it's ours, and we want to hear from you. So if you have ideas, um, the the green contact block is the way to give them to us. And if you have questions, of course, we want, we want to hear your questions. Um, as you know, uh, it's always the, the website's always available that the green contact block is always available to you for any reason. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And, um, I'm very anxious to know, um, what you would like it to give you because there's a lot of information that we can give you. There's a lot that we want to be able to give you there. And, um, it's just, it really belongs to you. It's it's our our hope and our our excitement to to make it uh, whatever you need to really make the most of your lifetime uh, here, so that you can make the most of your eternal life once you get home. Um, there's many people are set back when they're here, and I'm about to write a blog post about that. To, so that you can use Seek Reality Online to make the most of your lifetime here, and you'll be able then to make the most of your lifetime there once you get home. So um, I'm sending a hug to you all. And um, meanwhile, as always, um, this is this is Seek Reality Online. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you can hear me talking about it the way I'm already thinking about talking when I when, when I'm talking there. Um, this is Seek Reality. Please enjoy and make the most 
of you, of this next week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful eternal being and you above all the people in the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything. 